would pay out without snarling up, and how to ballet. The doctor now showed what I thought was a misplaced trust in us. He sent us to the top of a cliff, not more than twenty feet high, with a battered-looking holly tree growing on it. I want you to pretend that you're the leader, he said to Hugh. I want you to belay yourself with a sling and a carabiner to the holly tree. On the way up, I am going to fall off backwards, and I shan't tell you when I'm going to do it. You've got to hold me. He began to climb. He reached the top and was just about to step over the edge, when without warning, he launched himself backwards into space. And then the promised miracle happened, for the rope was taut, and Hugh was holding him, not by the belay, but simply with the rope passed under one shoulder and over the other. There was no strain on the sling round Hugh's waist at all. His body was like a spring. I was very impressed. For the first time I began to understand the trust that climbers must be able to have in one another. Now it's your turn, said the doctor. After a large old-fashioned tea at the inn with crumpets and boiled eggs, we were taken off to the Eckenstein boulder. Oscar Eckenstein was a renowned climber at the end of the nineteenth century whose principal claim to fame was that he had been the first man in this or any other country to study the technique of holds and balance on rock. He had spent his formative years crawling over the boulder that now bore his name. Although it was quite small, about the size of a delivery van, his boulder was said to apparently embody all the fundamental problems that are such a joy to mountaineers and were proving such a nightmare to us. For this treat, we were allowed to wear gym shoes. Full of boiled egg and crumpet, we clung upside down to the boulder like blue bottles, while the doctor shouted encouragement to us from a safe distance. Occasionally, one of us would fall off and land with a painful thump on the back of his head. You must not fall off. Imagine that there is a thousand-foot drop under you. I am imagining it, but I still can't stay on. Back at the inn, we had hot baths, several pints of beer, an enormous dinner, and immediately sank into a coma. For more than forty hours, we had had hardly any sleep. Good training, was Hugh's last muffled comment. By this time, the waitresses at the inn had become interested in this artificial forcing process. All three of them were experienced climbers who had taken the job in the first place in order to be able to combine business with pleasure. Now they continued our climbing education. That afternoon, as Judith led the way up the scree from the road towards the base of Dinas Kromlech, it was as if a giant had been smoothing off the sides of a heap of cement with a trowel and had then lost patience and left it half-finished. Its most impressive feature was a vast right-angled wall, shiny with water and apparently smooth. Cenotaph Corner, said Judith. Hundred and twenty feet. When you can do that, you really will be climbers. It seemed impossible. As we waited in the cold shadow under the lee of the cenotaph, Judith explained what we were going to do. The beginning is rather nasty because of that puddle. It makes your feet slippery just when they need to be dry. The first part's seventy feet. Round the edge of the cenotaph, it's very exposed and you'll feel the wind. Don't come on until I shout and you feel pressure on the rope. 
I'll be belayed then. Even if you come off, you won't fall far. What happens if someone does come off? You can't just leave them hanging. Send for the fire brigade, said Judith. Both girls were shuffling their boots on the rock like featherweight boxers. Then Pamela was gone, soon to be followed by Hugh. After what seemed an eternity, it was Judith's turn. I had her belayed, but at this stage it wasn't much use. I remembered the doctor's warning. The leader must not fall off. Then she vanished. I continued to pay out the rope. There was a long interval, and I heard her shout very distantly to come on, and the rope tautened. It was impossible to get onto the rock without getting at least one foot wet. Very slowly, I worked my way out to the corner of the cenotaph. As I edged round it,